myself I was my own worst enemy I was lost and no I needed help Then you came along and saw the state I was in You picked me up when I was down Showed me how to live again I said thank you for pulling me through I'm a lucky man Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, alcoholics of all ages, welcome to the fifth episode of If These Walls Could Talk. I'm your host and resident alcoholic, Dougie Fresh. Go grab a snack, juice, pop, or as I like to call it, the champagne of waters, Perrier. Just don't go grab that beer, alcoholic beverage. We'll get this show on the road shortly. Sit back and hang tight. People all around Whispering sweet nothings Feeling my hair but down So I gave up I didn't take love For me to see One thing that I was missing Was standing in front of me I took you for granted Thought the grass Was greener on the other side I was wrong And it took me so long For me to finally And that was Precious Love by James Morrison to start off this evening's podcast. Just to let you know, each week I'll be playing a song from my sober playlist on Spotify, which includes songs just like that one I found inspirational along along my road of recovery. I'd like to remind everyone listening tonight, wherever you are in the world, that I do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, and neither do any of my guests. We are simply sharing our experience, strength, and hope with each other in hopes that it reaches the practicing and still suffering alcoholic. I hope everyone's having a fantastic day so far. I know I am. Now let's get this show on the road. Help! I've fallen and I can't get up! A metaphor, if you will. Being an addict, we know we fall down far too many times. That could mean losing a spouse, girlfriend, job, car, home, or even your kids. I've fallen and fallen so many times in my life. And that is why my life has always had one constant, someone who always is picking me up, cleaning me up, fixing the mistakes that I have made, the person in the background, if you will. This person has always been by my side through thick and thin. Even when the darkest days were there and I wanted to just give up, she kept pushing me and pushing me, encouraging me to keep going. She has been my hero in my life, my Batman, if you would say. If you haven't guessed by now, Yes, I am talking about my wife, Janet. Last week, I promised I was going to have a female on the show to get rid of some of the testosterone that was building up in these rooms. (laughs) So what better way to introduce Janet than to have her the first female guest on the show? Second to no female in my life. Okay, but maybe the dog. When I was six months sober, I asked my wife a very important question. Why did she choose to stay? Living with an alcoholic is enough to make any sane person throw in the towel like Mick did with Rocky Balboa. No person on earth should have to put up with the antics or the shit tornadoes we cause in other people's lives. So when I asked her this question, this was her answer. 
Grandma Goldie always told me that the good Lord doesn't give us more than we can handle. She also said that when we got married, she said the vows for better or for worse, and I guess this was the worst part. If I had it my way, my wife would win an Oscar for every scene or every role she's played in my life. If anyone knows my wife, especially over the last five years, she is not one for attention. She prefers to sit in the background and observe. She wants to be the steady foundation that I'm building my life back upon. So if you could just imagine the amount of begging it took for her to agree to be on the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce you, my first female guest, my wife, Janet. How's it going, babe? It's going okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) So, Janet, um, I was wondering if you could talk to the listeners who are listening around the world tonight what it's like living with an alcoholic or what it was like living with an alcoholic. So, probably most people will be able to understand what I'm saying when I guess um, the easiest way to say it was it was hell some days. (laughs) And... And some days it seemed like it was okay or it was perfect or it was how it used to be. And I think that's part of the problem too when you're living with somebody that is struggling with an addiction or sobriety is that you have those moments where, hey, life seems or is what it used to be. And maybe today he's got it. He's changed. And we're going to move forward and we're going to find that happiness that we had. And today's a better day. And the next day seems great too. And then the next day it's back and it's happening and it's all over again. And you are trying to find some sense of sanity and what happened because I thought finally he got it. He could see how this addiction of his was literally tearing our family apart. And you have those moments where you think that it's better and your spouse or partner or whoever it is, family member has got it and they're finally going to change and they promise you and they tell you that things are going to change and you believe them and then they slip and they fall and it starts all over again. So anybody sitting saying that um, dealing with someone that struggles with addiction issues is, is a roller coaster is literally the best way to describe it. And I think sometimes too, in the beginning stages, when I could see that the drinking was getting more out of control, I just thought if you love him harder, if you hug him more, if you buy him the things that he really wants, if you throw money at it, I guess, it's going to make it right. If we go on a trip, it's going to be better. And I think those are the things that you start to convince yourself, like you can, you can fix it yourself. And then you quickly start to realize that you can't. Yeah. I I like that, Janet. I, I, uh, you know, I'm, when you were talking there, I was thinking to myself, like we did all those things, you know, we, we bought that new house when, you know, we thought things, you know, needed to be fixed or we bought that new car or we, you know, we bought a dog, you know, because, you know, we thought that would change things, but obviously it didn't. No. So, Janet, what uh, what's it like living with an alcoholic now? Well, now the sun shines more. <laughs> I guess maybe that's the best way to say it because those years prior to you 
getting into the rooms of AA and going to meetings and meeting a community of people that helped to get your life back on track. It was, it was some dark, it was dark days. So it, um, I feel like the sunshine shines more on my face now. I feel like we're in a better spot. Is it perfect still now? No. It, like, I don't want to ever be that part where I think, like, it's perfect. I think, again, like, what, like, the word perfect sucks as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I get so annoyed with people who say, like, well, we never fight. Well, if you never fight, that's not healthy. Like, yeah. fighting is part of life. You have to have those moments where you disagree. But perfect is such a scary word because what is perfect? It's like what you said a few minutes ago, like, what's normal? Like, you're never going to be the normal that you were but should you be the normal that you were like that's part of the question too obviously you know something wasn't right so you have to find your way to move forward but what is it like now i I feel positive i feel upbeat and i always credit um not just your family and i don't want myself or you to credit me as the person that always is the one that's you know you're and I'm your biggest supporter. Yes, of course. But it's not just me that helps you walk this road of recovery. It's the people that you go to AA with. They have become your second family. Um, it's our family. They have been great supports. It's friends who have been great supports as well. And I think as a teacher, I always say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a village to raise an alcoholic. And I think that's what you have to understand too. You need to surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you and aren't going to say to you, are you still going to AA meetings? Like you're not cured yet. Like, no, he's not. <laughs> and, and that's okay. And, but what does cured mean? I mean, it's, it's a disease. There's no magic pill that you can take that is going to be, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm not an alcoholic anymore. Like there isn't that magic pill. It's an everyday I have to get up and I'm making a choice and I'm going to see that choice through. And I think that's the other thing that people have to, on the outside, as you always like to call them, the normies, have to understand. And that's what I've come to understand too. So today, life is better. Five years ago, I didn't even know if we would be here five years later. Um, It's amazing to me. And there was a lot of hurt and a lot of anger to get over in those first early months of sobriety and I think that's something too that um, I struggled with in the earlier days of your sobriety was what if we have a fight can we have a fight is it allowed if we have a fight because what happens if we have a fight and then he falls off the wagon and that was hard too but five years later um, I'd be lying if I say I still don't have those thoughts that like I'm angry at Doug and I want to take into him but I have that hesitation still like can I fight with you? Can I tell you how I'm really feeling? And I still struggle with that. And you would think that probably people are listening going like, geez, it's been five years. Like she can't have a fight with the guy. And that's not what I'm saying. It's that um, you've always heard that saying, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Well, sometimes you feel you're in that glass house and, and what stone will break it. And again, I think, um, it's, you know, it's AA's been wonderful for you. As I said, the community that you've made, they've welcomed you into it. They've welcomed me as your spouse into it. And it's been wonderful. And, and you have started your blog and now you're doing your podcast and it's cathartic for you. And I think it's great. And, um, 
And that's just where I'm at with it. Like, I just every day that you choose not to drink is wonderful. And, uh, and it feels really good because there were those days where you remember where you said, I'm never not going to drink. And it was a horrible feeling because it was like there was a third person in our marriage and you were always picking that third person. And so that was hard too. But, um, every day that you are sober, as I said, it's like sunshine on your face. It just, it feels good and you, and you wanted to keep going and, and you should know five years in that no one is more proud of you than your family. Like we are just, we can't wait to celebrate you in March and your five-year sobriety is just, it's amazing. And it's not lost on me when you come home and you tell me that people have fallen off the wagon. It, that's not lost on me. And, and I take that to heart and it really, it, and it really affects me because I, I feel bad for those people and I, I wish them the best. And I, and I wonder like, why don't they have the supports that you have and why can't people help them or why can't they get it? And, and I keep hoping that you will keep getting it. And, and that's where I feel I am now. So I kind of think I'm where you are that it's, it's still an everyday thing. It's not, you aren't cured, but you are learning to live with it. And as the spouse, you have to realize that they're not cured. I mean, there's another stupid word. What's cured mean? Like, mm, I mean, yeah. like, like it's you're not cured but they're learning to live with it and how am i as their partner or spouse helping them to learn to live with it wow well said i uh this was supposed to be about you no <laughs> i don't want it to be about me <laughs> so um my uh my last question for you then would be um what's your hope for the future and try and think of um you know like talking to somebody that's in your position right now like what's your hope for the future for 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 us for you and you maybe for somebody else that's maybe listening trying to figure out how to deal with an alcoholic well i think my hope right now for the future is that you just continue on the path that you've chosen and that you continue to see how life had become as in your words so unmanageable five years ago that you always hold a piece of that with you and have and that's kind of like your, your touchstone that I don't, I like, I can, I see that, but I don't want to go back to it. And that's what my hope is. And my hope is that like, you just, you continue with the program and you keep having success with the program. And I think anybody else that is in my situation or position as a spouse, um, you have to not always beat up on yourself. Um, but you can't always beat up on your spouse. I think that's the other thing you have to remember. Like there is something that they can't control and Lord love them. They have tried to control it and they can't and they needed help. And sometimes it takes a long time for them to admit that they have a problem. And, um, you know, you used my grandma Goldie's quote there and said, you know, the good Lord doesn't give us more than we can handle. And there were some nights when I would sit up in our bedroom and, and say to the Lord, like for crying out loud, how much more do you want me to handle? Because it felt like I was breaking. And, and I think that's okay too. Like you, as a spouse or a partner, you have to have your moment where you can feel angry and upset and, questioning why can't they get it 
But my hope for the future for you and for anybody is that you just, you have one more day of sobriety and that you always feel that you can talk to me when things feel like they're coming undone. And I think that's maybe what I've learned with you going through sobriety is that maybe we always felt like we communicated, but maybe we really didn't communicate. And maybe Mm -hmm. there was that wall there that always kept us from really sharing our true feelings because each of us was hiding and weren't able to, to bridge that gap. But I think that we have, we do better now today with vocalizing our feelings and getting out how we feel. And I think that's therapeutic too. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> I ramble, but that's, that's how it goes. Well, there you have it, folks. That's my beautiful wife, Janet and, uh, and her story. And, and, um, you know, I, I want to thank uh, thank you, Janet, for coming on tonight. I know it wasn't easy. I know it's uh, it's tough talking about these certain topics and stuff like that. But I think it's uh, it's important that that we talk about them, and it, and I think it's important that people hear it. You know, because there's people that are struggling with stuff like this right now, and and uh, you know this could possibly help them. You know, I I heard a while ago that closed mouths don't get fed. So speak up. You know, when when things are not right or when you have something to say. So thanks a lot, babe. I, uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'll see you in the kitchen. Yeah. I'd like to say, uh, anytime, but this was a one time only event. <laughs> uh, thanks babe. All right. So in listening to Janice speak tonight, the words kept running through my mind is the word afterward. I've decided to stop drinking and get my life back together. Therefore, Those who all love me and support me will be fine. Yes, they will because they are strong and courageous people who have rallied around you in the darkest darkest of times. But you will also have to learn and live again as a new normal is being created, which, don't get me wrong, is a great thing. As my wife always says, and just to clarify, she says a lot of things, (laughs) obviously, was right in our normal, therefore needed to change. A quote I heard recently fits perfectly with tonight's podcast. Love does that. It keeps going, even when things get are, get dark. And maybe that's the afterward. I want to thank my wife for coming on again today. I would like to say to the listeners who are tuning in around the world, no matter where you are, that if you have a superhero in your life like I do in mine, then after you're done listening to this podcast, call them, text them, tell them that you love them. Or, if they're in the same room as you, go give them a great big hug and hold them tight. And when they say, what's that for? Tell them, that's for being my superhero. We owe a lot to the Janets in our lives. And if you're listening to this, and you yourself are like Janet, in in someone other addict's life, then great job. Keep up the great work. We need you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I think I owe my wife a dance in our kitchen. Have a great night, everybody. This has been If These Walls Could Talk with Dougie Fresh. Come back next Saturday. We'll have another guest on, and we'll try and solve the world's problems all in one go. (laughs) All right. Peace and love again. Take care. Bye-bye. I was my own worst enemy 